You're listening to Catholic Chicago. Ahead, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thank you for uh, joining us here on this beautiful Monday morning here in Chicago. It is July 17th, and we have a, uh, I think we have an interesting show here this morning. I, at least I hope we do. Uh, and so what I want to do is uh, go over the rundown here on some of the issues that we'll be talking about today. Uh, at the Catholic Conference, we've been pretty busy with a lot of uh, issues pending out of Springfield, so we haven't been able to uh, do the show uh, for the last month, I think, or two. Uh, but we hopefully get back on track now uh, as we approach uh, the fall, as we're going to be working on more issues that we will be talking about today. Uh, so here we are on WNDZ. This is 7.50 a.m. and uh, here out of Chicago, which this, I know the signal goes all over the the Midwest region, so um, you can not only listen to our program, but you can see it and view it today on YouTube. But uh, so let me do this. Uh, let me go over the the lineup here this morning, and um, get to the sh- our first guest. So the first guest we're going to be talking about uh, recent developments out of the Supreme Court. Uh, the U.S. Supreme Court made a, a lot of big decisions recently, released a lot of big decisions, and one of them was something called the 303 Creative. Uh, they're referring to the case as 303 Creative. Uh, we're going to be talking just in a second here with uh, former state rep and now, uh, I don't know what his title is, he's General Counsel Executive VP, I think it is, at Thomas More Society. Uh, Peter Breen's going to be with us here just in a second. And then we're going to jump to uh, the scholarship tax credit program issue, something that we've been working on long and hard in Springfield, and we still have more work to do. And we're going to be talking uh, to Tamari Karam. She is with uh, a school called Kingswood Academy, and she's going to talk about the impact that this program has on her school and her ability to uh, afford kids a scholarship so they can attend uh, a non-public school. And then finally, we're going to be wrapping up with uh, somebody who's been on this program before, Ralph Rivera, and uh, he's going to be talking about an impending issue that we're dealing with in Springfield, probably the veto session and most likely for next year, and it's an issue that's familiar to many of the people watching and listening to this program. It's physician-assisted suicide. We've talked about it before. And Ralph will kind of fill us in with some of the details about some of the initiatives we've been working on this summer. So let's do this. Without further ado, let's jump right into our first guest, uh, talk to our first guest here. He is Peter Breen. He is, as I said, he's a former state representative uh, from the Lombard Glen Ellen area, and he is now the executive VP at Thomas More Society. Peter, can you hear me? 
Hey, I've got you, Bob. Sure. Hey, good. Uh, thank you for getting uh, bright and early here. I know you're up bright and early anyway. But uh, joining us here for a couple minutes on this beautiful Monday morning to talk about this uh, recent U.S. Supreme Court case uh, called, I think it's referred to commonly as 303 Creative, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, so, Peter, let's just kind of maybe go over the highlights of the, of the case, if you could kind of walk us through what the controversy was. It was uh, Lori Smith, I believe, is the woman's name. And she had a, a business uh, doing some websites, and uh, she did not want to uh, express certain messages as part of her business. That was kind of the crux of the case, right? Well, and, and that was, you know, it, it's something that's continued to come up in front of the Supreme Court over these past few years. We saw you know, the, the Masterpiece Cake Shop mm-hmm. uh, a case out of Colorado, and, and this one also comes out of Colorado in part because uh, if you're in this space, you know that the Colorado uh, civil rights authorities are particularly vicious, uh, if anything, Mm -hmm. in coming after Christians who do not want to be involved in, uh, you know, in sorts of work, uh, expressive work that uh, would violate their sincere faith tradition. So this case was one where uh, you've got a website designer, uh, Ms. Smith, and then uh, the 303 Creative Company, and she made very clear, and the, the parties actually stipulated to a lot of the important facts below. So there wasn't a lot of dispute at the Supreme Court about the, you know, well, well, did she really do this or did she really do that? None of it mattered because the parties really, uh, the, the facts were undisputed. So it made it easier for the high court to give a clean answer on this. 6-3 decision, and it was uh, really upholding her right uh, not to be forced to give a message that she sincerely disagreed with, uh, and so that you know that it, it's as simple as that. And so you'd sit there and go, "Well, of course, you know, isn't, isn't this the United States of America? Aren't we supposed to have these rights guaranteed?" Well, you know, we we know over these years that when it comes to things like abortion or you know LGBT issues, uh, you know, state governments and sometimes federal government are more apt to try to force you to speak mm-hmm. their message or support their message. And so this was a great victory for founding uh, you know, democratic principles of the country and really just for a, you know just a, a reiteration of something that we all knew to be true in our hearts but that had been very much at threat uh, by state governments like Colorado's or Illinois or sometimes hostile federal governments she actually affirmatively took this case to court though it, in, if my understanding of the fact pattern was that she was not being forced to do this yet I think she did it sort of presump- preemptively is that is that true well, and, and it's that's really you know when we're when we're talking to our clients about how to how to get to court, you want to get to court before the state comes after you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so what she did was uh, you know, sought you know declaratory relief that um, you know I'm going I want to do wedding websites, except I am a very solid Christian. I will not. And, and she made websites of all types before this, but she really didn't. She wasn't in the you know the the wedding website. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, business. And so that's a very unique subset. Uh, you know, you and I went through this a long time ago, Bob, but yeah. I, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, newlyweds or newlyweds to be today trying to pick all these vendors and things like this. So that was what she wanted to do, expand her business into that. But she had a, a, a kind of a constant policy, no matter what, uh, you know, even before the wedding side, you know, she wasn't going to put together a website that didn't uh, you know, that, that violated her sincere beliefs, you know, something, you know, crazy or satanic or unduly violent or what have you, and she wasn't going to help that. 
But and yet, so here, my, my understanding you know, is this she, meant that she would be affirming marriages between a man and a woman. You know, period. And so that you know, went to court for declaratory relief on that point, and and that was part of why uh, we were able to get all the facts stipulated mm-hmm. uh, below. So that was uh, you know in the trial court, most you know there weren't there weren't really there weren't really any you know disputed facts or things because you know no one had complained. You know she just uh, you know she said, hey, I want to defend my right to do this, and again that that made it easier for. Uh, this case to make it to the high court and for the Supreme Court to really speak strongly and clearly that when you're talking about speech, that is her own speech. And so that, that was a point that needed to be made. This is her own speech. It's not uh, you're, you're not a mere scribe for a uh, you know, for a client. I mean, when you're when you're creating, you know, adding your own creative work to a product, even if there's some other people's speech involved. It's your own speech. And so that is a that's a very clear place where the First Amendment comes into play. And the Supreme Court, uh, it was Justice Gorsuch. He, he weaved together a lot of cases that have come down over the past you know, 20 years to really bring forward this conclusion here. And he both I don't I don't want to say they broke new ground, but to some extent, they mm-hmm. they they really uh they reaffirmed ground that, that shouldn't have been at risk, but was, and uh, almost, I mean, if anything, breathed uh, really new uh, robustness into those cases that had been decided. So the, uh, you know, Dale, the, you know, the Boy Scouts uh, case, mm-hmm. uh, so that was where the Boy Scouts were able to exclude, uh, you know, openly homosexual mm-hmm. scoutmasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the case about the, uh, you know, the, uh, Hurley, which was the, you know, out of Boston, the, uh, I think it was out of Boston, out, out of the Northeast, uh, the St. Patrick's Day Parade oh, yeah. did not want right. to have an LGBT float. Right. Uh, you know, all of those sorts of cases that, you know, certainly we, we toss them around in the First Amendment context. And Snyder v. Phelps, you know, which was a, you know offensive speech, uh, very offensive speech. You know, we toss these around, but once, uh, you know, they look great when they come from the Supreme Court, but then they go back down to the district courts, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and people are always trying to find ways around them. Well, the Supreme Court here took those traditional precedents and really reaffirmed them, said, no, we meant what we said when we said those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that it's a really huge victory for um, free speech, but also for religious liberty. Yeah, because we're the you know the people of faith are the ones whose speech is being restricted at this time. But it, like you said, it, it was this free speech case. It wasn't a religious liberties case. It was a free speech case. Well, and and that's um, you know it's an interesting point because I know it's uncomfortable sometimes that we as people of faith are asserting our rights, our constitutional rights, really under more free speech than under, mm-hmm. say, free exercise of religion. Mm-hmm. And so I, I do know sometimes, I mean, dealing with clients even, you know, they'll say, well, you know, this is about my freedom of religion. Well, yes, um, but it's also even more fundamentally the fact that, you know, when you're expressing your religious beliefs, it, it's, it's broader. Mm-hmm. So under, yeah. under our constitutional system, it's the same as someone wanting to express their opinion about you know, a favored political candidate or express their opinion about any sort of a, a an issue of great public concern. And so uh, the principles being laid out at the end of the day turn out be, to be broader. Uh, and, and I might say, you know, when you when you're not having to focus solely on the religious freedom right, 
Yeah. You're creating better law, broader okay. law that we're able to come under. So it's like a protective, it's, it's very much protective for us, people of faith, but it protects everybody. And, and I might even say, when you establish a right under free speech, and, and, and now I'm, I'm going to spitball a little bit here, Bob, but I think when you establish something under the free speech clause, you get a much broader segment of Americans mm-hmm. that will that are necessarily going to support you because yep. you're not, not just relying religious. on your fellow right. people of faith. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, because yeah, because when you go under the free exercise clause, obviously, I mean that that's the first freedom. You know, the the people yep. came to this country because they were being religiously persecuted in their home countries. Um, but even so, that free speech right being broader, uh, yeah, it's, it's something where at least mm-hmm. if you're trying to both get a court consensus and a political consensus, you know, of the people of the country, you, you really, um, you do well when you get those free speech rights expanded. I want to talk a little bit about now the ramifications of this. Um, okay, there was a, a website designer who, I think the fact pattern is she served people who were LGBTQ, she didn't have a problem with that. It was when she got, when we got into the, the, the violating of her speech right as it related to... Uh, weddings and things like that. So now where does this go? Um, there are, uh, I've read, uh, there's speculation now that this decision could be used to contest uh, a lot of the requirements that are going on in corporate America about, um, you know, this, the DIE stuff, the diversity, equity, inclusion stuff, and all that kind of thing. How do you see this playing out now that this cases out there. Do you think this is going to have any impact on on other aspects of things that, uh, as you indicated, you know, we the government has been forcing us to do? Or, like, it, another example could be, like, you know, a, a public accommodation law. Um, you know, you have to now... Do, do you... Are, are all of those laws that we've had to live under now, are they suspect? Could you have a free speech challenge to them under the 303 Creative? I would say this, certainly, so, so I, I, you know, so we, we just, we just had a, a, our Q, you know, last question was about, well, is it better to be free speech or free exercise? What, what's the confusion? At the same time, I, I, I want to, as much as this is a free speech decision, people who are watching the religiously uh, related cases of the Supreme Court over the past, mm-hmm. say, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. are watching in nearly every term some religious religion related right is being reaffirmed or affirmed in ev- i mean every single term pretty much you get another one and another one and another one and every time a religious person comes before the supreme court where the court actually takes the case and adjudicates it they're winning so for state civil rights laws public accommodations laws like the one in colorado if you have a sincere religious objection that you can express as a speech, it's because it's a speech-related uh, mm-hmm. topic. I mean, those are very much at risk uh, right now. But, but I would say this, in, in 303 Creative, and, and you alluded to this, they made clear that you know, 303 Creative would serve a person who, you know, yep. of any sexual orientation or race, you know, anything. It's just that you couldn't hire that business to put forward a message that, that you know, Ms. Smith, you know, disagreed with, and so that is the that's the distinction, and it's something where our 
um, our public accommodations laws don't always recognize that level of nuance. But you know, even even in the the three hundred three creative decision, it was funny. The um, the the court cited a British high court decision. Hmm. So from Great Britain, really, where in twenty eighteen, where Great Britain's high court recognized that there's a big difference between saying, "I'm not going to sell a hamburger to a you know a gay person," versus saying. I'm not going to go out and, you know, I'm not going to allow my services to be used to promote same-sex marriage. Right. Even in Great Britain, which has, you know, much weaker uh, free speech protections than we do, even they had recognized this previously. And so this is something where, you know, the the media was trying to say, oh, it's a, you know, horrible strike against LGBT rights. And you're sitting there going, are are you kidding me? No, Mm -hmm. it it just means you can't force somebody to, to, uh, you know, convey your message, mm-hmm. which is something we, you know, we had always, uh, again, held mm-hmm. to be true in this country, but it's become, uh, you know, that that right had been weakened, that that that, uh, that fundamental right of everyone had been weakened because of, you know, various court decisions and, and overbearing uh, bureaucrats and legislatures. We'll- so now this, this does protect us a lot more. I, I, I will say, Bob, and you, you also alluded to something, the DEI in yeah. Um, corporate America. Mm-hmm. There was another case that came down same week as um, 303 Creative called Groff. Um, and uh, that Groff case strengthened the rights of employees when claiming uh, against religious discrimination in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you, you start putting some of these decisions together. I, I mean, we are we have a case right now where a gentleman, uh, he expressed his discontent with his gigantic Fortune 500 companies, uh, really uh, a use of the rainbow flag pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And they asked, for, they asked for comments. Well, he gave them a comment, and they didn't like his comment, so they fired him. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Sincere religious objection. Yep. And, yep. And, oh, by the way, this particular employer is an aluminum manufacturer. It ain't, this isn't I, Disney we're talking about. It's an aluminum manufacturer yeah. where they, they want to be able to use the rainbow flag. It, and it, it's yeah, going to be so really interesting. That's the sort of thing we're dealing with. It's going to be really interesting to see where this goes. Um, I think that the 303 Creative at least gives people of religious belief or, you know, free speech advocates a foothold now to say, well, wait a minute. Um, why do I have to do this and, and start questioning these things? And I, I've heard people just asking me, you know, about like, like public accommodations laws and, and, and the corporate influence that's going on today about, uh, you know, well, do I have to do this? Well, you know, I, I think it's still, still to be determined. You know, I think there's now uh, a hope for some of those people who are getting a little tired of some of these things uh, that maybe some people feel it's gone a little too far. Peter, we got to jump. Unfortunately, they're telling me time's up. Uh, it's 20 after, so I have to, uh, have to run. Um, thank you so much. This is very informative, and uh, we'll keep talking about this. And uh, who knows? Let's see uh, wh- where the future takes us, because I don't think we've seen the end of this issue. Well, and, and re- real quick, Bob, this is going to help us in fighting the anti-pregnancy center bill that uh, Governor Pritzker has promised to sign. Uh, this only reinforces the precedents we were going to use to attack that uh, that bill soon to become law anyway. So Good. Looking Good. forward to it. Right, we, we definitely look forward to this that filing. Yes, I I'm, I'm, can't wait for that one. Uh, Peter, thanks so much for your help, uh, and thanks for the, the very uh, thorough, clear explanations of what's going on. Take care.
Take care. Thanks, Bob. This is Bob Gilligan with the Catholic Conference. Don't go away. We'll be right back. We're going to switch gears here. We're going to talk about uh, the scholarship tax credit. We're going to talk to Tammy Karam of Kingswood Academy and her experience with this program and what it's done for her school and how we hope to continue to be able to save it. Uh, Don't go away, everybody. We'll be right back. 